0: Okay, let's see what we've we got here for text messages. Have you heard of the Great Pacific Plastic Garbage Patch Island? Of course, man. Everybody's heard about this one. Uh-huh. 1. 1.8 billion pieces covering 700... 700- uh, square kilometres, mm. the size of Texas just floating on the sea. And what you've got to remember is that that plastic is constantly breaking down. It is going into the water. It is being drunk by fish. Mm-hmm. You are eating it when you eat fish. It is going into your digestive system. You are. What was the research recently? You eat a credit card's worth a week or something rather of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so insane. It's just ridiculous. It is just absolutely ridiculous how much uh, plastic that there is in the world. And we've got another one, a a question, a clue coming, an attempt. Uh, No, it's not. It's not wisdom. Okay, we can strike that one off. That one just came through just now. Okay, next one here. What have we got? Science and politics are being used for propaganda and mind control, especially today. Both of them seem to be used by fighting each other, but at the end they will achieve the same planned purpose. Science tells us we are destroying the planet and religion will tell us we need to keep a day for rest, which we are told by religious leaders is Sunday. That's interesting. This is actually a major thing and Mm. it's been happening since COVID. And so basically the history behind this is that when COVID first started and – oh, that's 700,000 square kilometres, not 700 – yeah, I was do, do, say, do, that, read pretty, that wrong.
1: I was like 700. 700,000
0: pretty... square, size of Texas, all right? Yeah. Size of Texas. I'm like, Texas isn't that small. <laughs> yeah,
1: 700 yeah, yeah, yeah. square
0: kilometers is like some people's farms yeah, in it's Australia. That's a farm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but just going back to the text message you were talking about, and this started during COVID, a lot of scientists around the world, well, everybody kind of pretty much in, in industrial areas noticed how much the world cleaned up. During brief periods of lockdown, Mm. and how that, you know, in some places they could see the bottom of the canal. In other places, they could see the mountains that just, you know, hadn't been seen for 30 or 40 years. And so people have noted this and gone, you know, what we need to do is actually have a weekly lockdown, Mm. but without all of the really horrid restrictions, just let's close industry and everything down on a weekly basis, let's make it Sunday because that's the most popular day. Uh, the challenge with that is when it becomes a restriction on religious freedom. Mm. And, of course, none of this has happened yet, but it is bit worth bearing in mind because, you know, not everybody worships on Sunday. You know, people say, oh, I'll do it on Sunday because that's the day everyone takes off. Well, that's just not the case. mm You've got uh, people who worship on Friday, people who worship on Saturday, people who worship on Sunday, and goodness knows what other days. I work on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, what have we got here? Mary Magdalene was a sex worker possessed by demons. She accepted Jesus, and she was made a new creation and follower and friend of Jesus till the end. Mm. She was the one who – she was the first person to welcome Jesus at his resurrection. Mm. So that's pretty special and you're going to find a number of sex workers prostitutes in the Bible that hold very very high positions in the gospel story mm. and had tremendous influence and we need to remember that because it's a great illustration of the transforming power of God's grace uh, regardless of where a person finds themselves in life mm. if they ever want to break free God comes along and God says I can do that for you that's mm. what I specialize in yeah God specializes in Turning people's lives around, hundred percent. Dude, that's epic. Yes. Do we have anything else to talk about? By the way, some people some people debate whether Mary Magdalene was actually a prostitute. Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the Greek, it says she was a great public sinner, mm. which is the word that is usually that's that's the direct translation of the Greek word, which is usually applied to prostitution. prostitution.
1: Yeah. But people are like, well, because it doesn't say yeah. prostitute, then cheese. Uh Nah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's here. It's, yeah. But, but the point <laughs> is, is like, look what God... Great public, great public sinner is a very strong implication. Mm, I, I feel like, you know, like sex work and prostitution is just one of those things where you are simultaneously, like, yes, you're a perpetrator, but you're also a victim. And there are so many people in that industry out of desperation, it's very
0: struggle. It's very interesting what they've done in some Scandinavian countries where they have uh, le- legislatively treated sex workers as victims. Mm. Well, I feel like often, like, the, the
1: reality is you need to. Well, in, in a lot of cases, sex workers are, like, human trafficked. Yes. And that's why they're in the position oh, that absolutely. they're in. Um But, yeah, for, for, for like, you know, even, even in the, even in the most uh, free sense, like, sex work comes from a place, like, I, I believe, of desperation, ultimately. It does. And, and it's, it's really tough, you know, and it's, it's really sad to see, particularly in the last couple of years, the elevation of sex work as something that is good and healthy and freeing. And, and I'm just like, because then we see the effects of the elevation of that and, you know the amount of people in that position
0: who like, and the temptation is that well, then you know for a secular person it becomes something that looks like easy money, and they don't realise the vortex that they'll get drawn into. Hundred percent. Oh, there, there was
1: like a couple of years ago. There was like a, I remember reading a story about like a, a kind of big name, like you know high profile, like oh, I don't I don't know what's the word to use, uh, adult film star. Who took her own life? Yes, and it was just like you know, this person had 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 like in in the eyes of that industry had like risen the ranks and was rich and everything from sex work, yet was still like because yeah, it's a terrible thing. It's really hard. It's really heavy. And anyway, I don't want to make our whole time about you know. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I feel like I don't have the, the experience or the expertise to talk about this kind of thing. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, it's just super heavy. And it's amazing the uh, transforming work that Jesus can do, that they can take someone who is a perpetrator, someone who is a victim, and change their life and change their heart. It's epic. We need to get into our Bible study. Yes,
0: we do. We've got a whole bunch. We've got a whole passage. We're going to read a whole passage. This All right, where, where are we going? Uh, Leviticus chapter 16 is where we are going. And not Leviticus. What am I saying Leviticus for? Exodus. Yikes! La, wake up. They both end with the <laughs> with the letter S. Yeah, that's you know
1: it's in the 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 Torah. That's that's you know <laughs> they both end with S. Dude, so confusing. I, it's I, know, just it, like, I know they're the same uh, book. Yeah, pretty much. They sound exactly the same. You know, hundred percent. Like <laughs> I, I that yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, Leviticus
0: chapter. No, <laughs> I'm not <really> <laughs> Get your I'm head in right.
1: the game, while please. Exodus.
0: Exodus. Uh-huh. Exodus chapter 16. And we're going to start reading in verse 12. So the first passage I want you to read is verse 12 to 16. There's a really interesting section here. We're going to look at this whole story of manna mm-hmm. and where it came from and the context, what it teaches us about the covenant.
1: You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio.
0: Go for it, Lawson. Then the Lord said
1: to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord. That Evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is this? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. Then Moses told them, It is food the Lord has given to you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent.
0: Okay, so this is where, you know, they're in the wilderness. You've got more than a million people. You take them out into the Mm. desert. Their supplies are probably going to last about three days. Mm. They're going to live there for 40 years. Yeah, wow try doing try taking a million people to the middle of the Simpson desert or the great sandy desert here in Australia and uh, having them provide for themselves for you know the next 40 years mm. how is that going to work out for you you know the, the 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 tribes who once lived in those areas were very small tribes and that was how they were able to live out there very very successfully not only that, but you know, the Aboriginal people who lived in the deserts, they understood the land and they understood survival in a way that we will never be able to grasp. I mean, these people were absolute genius in how they lived out there. And that was because they grew up with it from birth. Mm. They just knew the land. They knew how the land provided for them from birth. Take somebody like yourself, Lawson. Dump you in the middle of the. Oh, I'm gone, you know, bro. Parachute you into the middle of the Simpson Desert. Are you going to make it out? No, no. Like, like no. Like <laughs> I am, like- I am, I am gone. Uh, two days later, Lawson is sh- shriveled up and
1: dry. And- nah, bro. Nah, it's it's all good. I'll just, I'll just, I'll see. This is the problem. People go exploring, do all this thing. I'll just stay in the in the one spot. Yes. I'll dig a hole. Yes. It's for shade. And I'll just fast, okay. And then, and then I'll fall asleep. And then and the what? whole
0: will be entirely appropriate. Yep, and then, <laughs> and I won't wake up. And uh, <laughs> you know, dear. yikes! Okay, so rough stuff. So, and this is what the uh, Israelites, of course, that's what they're mm. facing. They're facing, mm-hmm. you know, death. And and they look out across the population. They're like, "Well, we followed the cloud here, and this cloud is clearly supernatural, and so there's a reason why we are here." But we are too far from any kind of supply lines to be able to even make it back to an area that has, you know, the amount of food that we're going to need to survive mm. and they start to lose their minds. Yeah, wow. Like we're going to starve. We are going to we are we are literally too far from anywhere to go back to anywhere that has supply. We are literally going to starve. We're dead. Mm. You know, if you if you were parachuted into the middle of the Simpson Desert, you'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm dead." Mm. Oh yeah, and so um, that's what that's where they are, and you can and they, and they come and they grumble to the Lord, and we give them a hard time for that, and sometimes we sort of maybe give them a little bit too hard of a time because we're like, well, you know, God took them through the Red Sea. Couldn't they remember that? It was only a few days before. Of course, God's going to provide for them. But when you are the provider for your family and your family is facing imminent starvation and there is no physical way out, that
1: would be stressful. 100%. Yeah, and just because you see one miracle, like obviously have faith in God, but like this is, this is a, like a struggle more than anything else in terms of like Yeah, I'm sure that there are people a part of the camp. Yeah, there were those who complained and whatnot, but I'm sure that there were people, even Moses would have been down praying, like, oh, Lord, like, please provide for us, like, in desperation, because they're in a desperate situation, 100%. So,
0: yeah, interesting. There you go. All right, so let's let's see here. Let's continue on with this story. So God provides them with manna. Mm -hmm. That's great. And you can imagine how relieved they would be when the manna comes and it's like, oh, that tastes good. And then it comes the next day and then the next day and it still tastes good and they're like, okay, we're going to survive this. Mm. Right, where do we get up to? Verse 16? Verse 16, yep. Let's read verse 17 through 20. The Bible
1: says, So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot. "'some only a little. "'But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. "'Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, "'and those who gathered only a little had enough. "'Each family had just what it needed. "'Then Moses told them, "'Do not keep any of it until morning. "'But some of them didn't listen "'and kept some of it till morning.' But by then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. <laughs> this is an epic
0: passage right here. Now, you know, Lawson, that if uh, if I was there and I had that opportunity, I'm like, okay, there's a couple of things that are going to go through my mind straight away. First of all, let's store this stuff up mm. in case God doesn't show up tomorrow. mm and if god doesn't show up tomorrow or if god takes a day off at some particular point and we've got a bunch of it in storage then we're going to make a killing on this oh yeah 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 you 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 can set up trade and what if what if you know some nomads come through and want some food you know we've got some we got some valuable trade here and so you know immediately go out there find food laying on the ground and any farmer is going to start to have dollar signs come across in front of their mind mm so yes, there were those who were like, yep, that's this this is a good thing. Uh anyway, we continue on here. Where are we up to Of course it wasn't it didn't end up being a good thing. No, because it didn't it did oh, it just didn't work out for them. So I mean, this what God was telling them you don't need to store this stuff up, mm. just rely on me every single day. All right, we're up to verse twenty one. Let's read uh, yep, but read down to verse 25.
1: Okay the Bible says after this the people gathered food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot and the flakes had not picked up uh, and the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared, on the sixth day they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, "This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set and set aside what is left for tomorrow." So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no
0: food on the ground today. Okay, so this is interesting. They have twice as much manna. The manna is twice as thick on what is called the preparation day, the Friday. Mm -hmm. And they gather twice as much. Mm. It's it's easy to gather and the elders of the people are like what is going on here? What mm. is this all about? And so Moses explains it to them. And Moses says, you know, this is this is how the Sabbath works. It is a day of rest. Mm. And so God does that miracle for them on that particular day. All right, let's let's uh, let's now read verse 26 through 29.
1: The Bible says, You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. Then... The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out and pick food on the seventh day.
0: Okay, so what what is the major lesson that God is giving to his people in this... In this passage, well, in this in this miracle that he's working on a, on a daily basis. He, he, well, he's, you know, providing food for them every okay. single day. Yes. Uh, he doesn't provide extra. Mm, just enough. Just enough for one day. Mm-hmm. So they have to rely on God mm. every single day of their life. Mm. It's not like they can rely on God for a harvest season. Yeah, well. It's not going to work. It's not like they can rely on God for, you know, the hard work that they have put in and the food that they have been able to put into storage. Mm. This is a this is a great illustration of salvation by grace right here. Mm. As compared to salvation by works. This is not where if you work hard enough you will get more food and you'll be more secure. This is no. There's actually nothing you can do mm. and your food is only going to exist from one day to the next. Mm. And if you're, if God doesn't turn up tomorrow, you're done. Yeah, you can't coast on good deeds.
1: You no, know, which is some something that many Christians hold an opinion that many Christians. We farm
0: hold. our Christianity. Mm. Build up enough good deeds and then coast through a few bad ones. Mm. But doesn't here work it's like
1: that. so clear. Like if you're not with God every day, well then you'll end up on the Sabbath with no food. Yes, indeed. Ooh, heavy stuff. Mm.
0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. (laughs) And by the way, of course, a quick reminder, if uh, if you'd like to send your questions through for question of the day, then please do. We'd love to have Mm. your questions. Uh, We've got a a small backlog at the moment, but they will soon run out, so make sure you send Mm. through your uh, burning questions, whatever they may be. Okay, um, and also a quick reminder that if you are in Queensland, in the uh, Brisbane, Gold Coast region... I'll be uh, speaking next week at the Logan Reserve Adventist Church starting Friday evening a series on the Book of Daniel. Mm. so make sure you come along be okay. part of be a part of what we get to uh be a part of what we talk about there so oh I've got something to promote Lyle. what's that?
1: Uh, if you are in the Lake Macquarie area. Uh, Come along to Memorial Church because I am teaching Sabbath school there this weekend.
0: Okay, so Sabbath (laughs) school, that's kind of like a small group uh, Bible mm -hmm. study, except you're going to be doing the big group version. Yeah, which is essentially
1: like I'm sitting up the front and they hand a mic around to all the people. This is intense. Like, my Sabbath school has, like, five people in it at my church. But, yeah, I'm going to be – we we were supposed to be there together a while, but unfortunately, you know, you had to go and you know, do ministry and stuff. And so, no, I'm going to be there by myself. And it's, no, but it's going to be awesome. So, it if will. you know, if you're in that it area, will. come along.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, if you can't make it to Queensland, come to Kurumbong. That's, that's the place to be. Good stuff. All right. Where are we up to? Uh, we've been reading. I believe we made it to verse 30. We did. Okay, so Mm. we've read pretty much what we need to read, I think. Mm. Uh, Yeah, a couple of interesting things here that I want to highlight. Um, Verse 27, it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day to gather and they found none. Mm. Yes, humans. (laughs) Classic. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? I'll, I'll guarantee that only ever did this once. Yeah, well, You know, just once. Uh, for the Lord had given has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread of two days. Abide or live everyone in his own place. Let no one go out of his place on the Sabbath days. So the people rested on the Sabbath day. Mm. Okay, so we've got a uh, this, this whole story here where God is very clearly illustrating to the Israelite people and the Israelite people are pretty much testing everything that God says. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like little kids. They always got to find their, got to find their boundaries. They're touching the stove. God says they're touching the stove. God says the stove is hot. Don't touch it. And so the first thing they do is go and touch it and burn their fingers. You know, they go, God says, come out into the desert and I'll provide for you. And like, no, we're going to starve. And so God sends them manage, like, oh, we've got food. Let's keep lots of it in case God never does it again. And it stinks. And God's like, don't do that because I'll provide for you every single day. And so then God's like, okay, it's now the preparation day. It's Friday. Uh, so go out and get twice as much and they're like, No. No, we won't do that. We'll go and get it on Saturday as well. They go out on Saturday, there's none there. And it's like everything that God says, they have to touch the stove. You know what's so interesting though, is that they got double on Friday.
1: Yes. So did they just eat more? And then they were just like, Oh, let's go get some more just for fun? Well or like well, because I think, they needed I it. I think there was probably some of the <clears throat> a, a bit of
0: both going on. Mm.
1: Interesting. Well, I've got some text messages
0: there, Lyle. Yes, I got some text messages. I'm just reading them through here. It's a long one. Uh, let me let me let me read this one. This may be of interest to you. It was for me after coming out of bondage. The Sabbath had been forgotten. Exodus 20, verse 8 starts with mm-hmm. "Remember what they had forgotten." Mm-hmm. Then, when Moses called all Israel together to retell God's ways, God's ways says in January 5, 5:12, starting with uh, part of the meaning of the of keep is a close watching of something for guarding or protecting in the context of shepherds constructed corrals of uh, briars at night to protect the flock from predators. Ooh. So that's interesting. That's uh, keeps it, it places in the context of protecting the Sabbath. Mm. That's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I've never really thought about that. It's like God gives you a public holiday once a week. Make sure you protect it. Mm.
1: And, of course, like, during that period as well, I I assume, like, that his people would have been protected as well. But, you know, yeah, if you have a whole nation, they're, like, one day a week, they're like, all right, let's completely stand down and just, like, chill at home. Like, God would have been protecting them during that time too. Yes. Oh, so interesting, interesting stuff.
0: Okay, let's, uh, where are we up to? All right, a bunch of questions that come through here in our Bible study. Which day is the preparation day for the Sabbath? The sixth day, the sixth day, and that's interesting, so for us today for for the Israelites in those days, it meant that one of the things that you did on that day was collect twice as much food. what would that how would you how would we apply mm. that to our day, that same principle well essentially like how how I see it there's there's a you know a few ways in which
1: it works out for me, like uh, one of the things that is commanded to do on the Sabbath is like not to work, not cause others to work. And, you know, to give everyone a rest. And so for me, I'm, like, often Friday afternoon, I'm filling up my car. I'm going to the grocery shop and buying food for Sabbath the next day. Um, yeah, like, all, the, all those kinds of things. Same kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Different context. It, yeah, completely different context. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, walking outside and picking up the manor and bringing it back in. You know, I'm he- heading down to Woolies and buying, like, three cucumbers and a tomato for
0: church <laughs> lunch <laughs> <or> church church <haystacks.
1: laughs> Um But yeah, it's, we, we can, we can live this life today, like 100%. Absolutely. You know, people try, um, and make the point that, oh, you know, can we really live this today? Like, can we really live a life where we truly rest on the Sabbath and have, like, nothing to, you know, like, I don't work and I don't buy anything. Like, is that even, like, feasible in the, in the, in, in this day and age? And, like, my answer is like, well, I do it. I know literally millions of people who do it. It's not that hard. It's it, actually epically it's awesome. It's actually easy. Like, yes. all you have to do is buy your cucumbers the night before. But it, literally, like, oh, it's just the best. Like, Sabbath is amazing. Yes. Why, why do people think that the Sabbath is bad? Like, all all I can do is rave on about the Sabbath. Like, it changed my life, like, 100%. I'm not going to get into that now. But the the Sabbath experience is so incredible. And it's it's really tragic to see the Israelites here. They're like, oh, you know, oh, let, let's just go out on Saturday and and try to collect more. It's like the,
0: you've missed the point. Like God is giving you a whole day off. The Bible says here that they were to collect half an Omer. Mm. Somebody's texted through to say that that's one and half kilos. Yeah, wow, well, that I, is. I'm not sure whether that's I, true or not, but I I would suspect that would be absolutely the, that would make sense. That's massive. That's a massive amount of food. You you're not going to go hungry with one and a half <laughs> kilos. Okay, so the Sabbath is a public holiday that God gives us once a week. Why would we not protect it? And mm. why would we not receive the benefit of it when God makes it so freely available to us? You're listening to the Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. A helpful uh, text message coming through here. In traditional Jewish standards of measurement, the Omer was an equivalent to the capacity of 43.2 eggs or what is also known as one-tenth of an ephah. Three seers. That's that's helpful. In dry weight, the omer weighed between one point five six kilograms to one point seven seven kilograms, being the quantity of flour required to separate uh, there from the dough offering. There you go. That's intense. We have uh, convoluted. We have absolute confirmation of how much an (laughs) omer is and how much they were collecting for their manor. All right, Lawson. It is now time for. Question of the day.
1: All right, Lyle, we've been called out. and That's what our question of the day is today. Cool. Are you ready? Okay, Uh, this is a two-parter. Firstly, why do your presenters constantly refer to only the fourth commandment and neglect the other nine? Are they not of equal importance? Whoa. Okay, Okay. next part. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. We'll
0: do it one at a time. Okay, all right, go for it. So we haven't been called out.
1: Yes, we have. This is the afternoon
0: show. Oh, This is a, this is a question for the afternoon show.
1: Why are you, Why are you
0: doing this? Oh, why it's it's, a, good the it's a good question. But
1: it's true. We've been talking about the Sabbath all day. Like- so
0: Robbie gets to answer this one. I'm keen to hear what his answer is. I'm going to give my answer as well. Okay, yeah. What is your answer then? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, why talk about the fourth commandment mm-hmm. more than the other commandments? Mm. when you have a number of things that you can talk about, the one that you will typically talk about the most is the one that is, you know, the least talked about by everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so out of all of the commandments, the fourth commandment is pretty much the commandment that no one else is talking about. Mm. And so I guess, and I really don't know, I haven't made any serious analysis of it, but when no one else is talking about something, it's like, wait a minute, guys, you've got, there are ten of these, not just nine. Mm. What about this one right here? Mm. And I think it's actually important to do so because it's the one commandment that begins with the word remember. Mm. And so, you know, you've got lots of Christians in our world today who talk about uh, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, uh, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery and so forth. Uh, you've got lots of people in the world who talk about the, you know, the first few commandments. You know, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not make any carved images. Mm. And so, those ones are being well spoken of. Mm. But seriously, in our world today, I mean, if you go back a hundred years, maybe you'll find some people talking about the fourth commandment. Go back two hundred years, and a lot of people are talking about it. But let me ask you this question. When was the last time you as a listener went to a church and heard a sermon on the fourth commandment? Mm. All right, let's take that a step further. When was the last time you went to church and heard the fourth commandment mentioned in a sermon? And that will give you the answer right there. This is the one that is the most neglected. And at the same time, as we mentioned yesterday, it's the one that Jesus draws a bullseye on it. Yeah, wow. You know, let me, let me run through that again. You've got, in the world, you have, uh, you have the Holy Land. In the Holy Land, you have the Holy City. That's Jerusalem. Uh, in the Holy City, you have the Holy Mountain, Mount Moriah. On the Holy Mountain, you have the Holy Temple. In the Holy Temple, you have the courtyard, and then you have the Holy Place, and then you have the Most Holy Place, and the centerpiece of the Most Holy Place is the Holy Ark of God, and the centerpiece of the Holy Ark of God is the Holy Law of God, and the centerpiece of the Holy Law of God is God's Holy Sabbath day. So God's kind of drawing a bullseye on the one that he considers to be the most highlighted. So if God highlights it and the Bible highlights it, the Bible says more about this commandment by a vast majority than any other commandment. Shouldn't we just stick with the biblical model? Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.